0: My name's is uh, Jerry B. I'm uh, physically located in a suburb of Las Vegas called Henderson, and um really glad to be here. I've uh, been looking forward to it. I have been going over these traditions and thinking, do I really have anything to say about these? But um, I remember when I first started uh, being able to talk at meetings, thinking I had nothing to say, you know, and then they'd have to shut me up. We have probably all had some similar experiences. Um, anyway, I guess I'll just uh, jump uh, right in. I wanted to, uh, I think that uh, being a- as familiar as possible with the traditions for um, people who are secular, as we are here in this meeting, uh, that that is really one of the things that can help uh, if you find yourself in, in other meetings. Um, I personally got sober uh, in uh, mainstream AA uh, uh, for, you know, 20 years. I found a secular in um, 2014, so whatever that was. Anyway, somewhere in in, my twentieth um, uh, uh, set of numbers there, and um, I didn't have any trouble. One of the things that I've discussed that I know is that AA meetings reflect their community, and so if you're in a meeting in um, uh, um, maybe a small suburb of Atlanta, you're going to find meetings are a lot different than in, say a small suburb of San Francisco like Berkeley, California. Uh, the meeting just is gonna reflect the community. And I think having an understanding of uh, of that helped me anyway in uh, understanding who the, the people are in any given meeting. Anyway, I'm not here to talk about that. I'm here to talk about the traditions of AA. So, uh, when they uh, finished writing the big book, actually during the writing of the big book, they had a lot of conflict uh, between the two main groups, which were in New York and in Akron in Ohio. And to the extent that uh, communication uh, they had telephones, but they didn't seem to use them very much. They wrote letters back and forth, or they had physical uh, visits back and forth. And uh, they were able to uh, to work out whatever um, disagreements they had simply because uh, Bill Wilson had a big personality and pushed it on through. Maybe not simply, but um, uh, that's the way it happened. So during the years after the publication, when the place exploded with inquiries and and people starting meetings and if you've had a chance to read some of the history of early AA meetings. uh, I remember one uh, thought that they would come together for the purpose of drinking, and uh, central office had to send somebody down there and explain to them. Yeah, so the traditions um, came out of learning how these two main groups were going to get along, and then as the new group started around the country, um, they would write letters into uh, New York uh, and say this group is doing that or our group is doing this, so they decided they needed to come up with with some codification of AA as a whole, and I personally think that uh, what they came up with is pretty brilliant, so this is uh, was published in. Um, I think yeah in, in 1950. Uh, And uh, again, some of the language will reflect that. But just to get into the traditions themselves, um, the first tradition uh, talks about our common welfare and uh, it describes us as a group of anarchists. And that was why we need the group because uh, instead of going all our own way, we have to commit to Uh, understanding that if the group doesn't survive, then us individuals won't. There's a a, uh, AA approved pamphlet. If you haven't seen it, it's uh, the illustrated version of AA, uh, of uh, the traditions. And I personally love it. I'm sure you can't see this too well. I just wanted to hold it up a little bit. And it shows uh, uh, literally illustrated of, how, uh, as it says, that our common welfare should come first. And it's got a picture of a whole bunch of people sitting on a tree, and the guy closest to the trunk is sawn off that limb. And so trying to illustrate that we all have to um, hold our hands together to hold AA together. And um, as I said, I think that these would uh, be one of the most important things for us to be familiar with as secular aa people so personal recovery depends upon aa unity because if the group doesn't survive then the individual will not will not and that is the message that they have so in terms of you know everyday life i think um i have found myself applying it to uh my work situation uh and most importantly to uh my uh to my marriage uh and um and we'll i'll get into that uh uh, down the road a little bit so but any given group that i have belonged to since i got sober understanding what is the purpose of the group and what are uh, our goals and how are we going to get there together and respecting everybody and bringing all of those Um, tenants of AA into that. Megan uh, asked me to talk about bringing these things into our lives. Uh, And uh, one of the things that, uh, this is Recovering Couples Anonymous, which is where another place that they uh, brought not only the uh, steps, but the traditions. This is Debtors Anonymous. Those are the things. (laughs) that brought, helped me get 30 some odd years of sobriety because it gave me um, tools to live in, in my life. And they all came out of the, the Big Book and the 12 and 12. So um, yeah, so first tradition, the reason that, that um, our common welfare comes first because otherwise the whole thing will fall apart and won't be here. Uh, And the things that we have the responsibility to maintain the group. And that's why um, um, what Megan is doing in in running this book and what Rose is doing and helping facilitate today, uh, what any of us do whether we work at central office, any little thing helps. And um, if uh, one doesn't have time for that, then uh, there are other uh, things that need that. We can do it if only maybe give a little contribution once in a while to central office answer the phone. So those are all things within um, AA. Outside of AA, how I said I applied it, I have applied it in um, the group groups that um, that I would facilitate uh, through the various jobs that I had, and in particular um, when I was supervisor and bringing that feeling to my team that we have to work together if we're gonna have a successful day. Um, And uh, that each person in that team had that responsibility. It wasn't just to sit back. Uh, Just bring that idea to the table every day, or not every day, but every meeting that we would have. One of the things before I move on in the um, first tradition is that no AA can compel another to do anything. No one can be punished or expelled. And I know that sometimes that's an issue in some meetings. And again, being an expert in the traditions can be helpful sometimes. Number two is one of those that uh, hangs up a lot of us, um, having one ultimate authority, let me read the exact words. Um, for the group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority. A loving God is he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants and they do not govern. So uh I handle this the way I handle the, the 12 steps. For me, what is that ultimate authority? And for me, the ultimate authority is the group conscience. So it's pretty uh pretty easy. Uh, and, I, and, I will, and I rely on that, the group conscience. And so that is uh, the same thing that I use uh, in my, as I said, in my work environment uh, and uh, in my uh, relationship. And how do you have a group conscience when there's only two of you? Sometimes it's that you have to listen to each other. And um, sometimes you have to uh, talk. Uh, and sometimes you get a third person involved, and and that's what that's the way that I applied it to my uh, relationship, and in um, in my work situation. As I said, it was uh, involving the people in my group, uh, and I learned this from AA. I didn't come in as a supervisor. I came in um, as a you know a, a dead end drunk at forty years old through AA, I went back to school, worked my way up, and became the supervisor. So it was uh, the training in AA that enabled me to get where I was with that particular thing. So um, I just simply uh, talk about the second tradition, think about the second tradition as um, what is the group conscience? And that's a, that's a vote. Sometimes that's an up and down vote, but uh, that's, the only way that that we can um, can uh, move forward, and sometimes again, because it depends on what community you're in, I may not agree with the group conscience. Uh, I was with a group for a long time that every single annual group conscience that we had uh, group um, meeting that they had, they had an annual meeting. Uh, a fellow would get up and he would request that we not say the lord's prayer and um there would be a vote and there would be he got to talk again which is a tradition in aa and then we voted again and it got voted down every single time but he got up there every single time year and uh, kept requesting that and uh having reasons and um I moved, so i I don't know if they ever changed that, but uh, again, it was it was his right, and nobody made fun of him or anything. It was his right at a business meeting to do that. One of the traditions about having that vote that they do in aA, if you've ever been involved in uh, like general service, which is a step above the meeting uh, business meetings, is that um, once you have that vote, people talk you have a vote whichever side loses gets a second time to talk and try and make their case Uh, not to beat someone over the head, but to um, just one more last time say these are the points that I want to make, and then they vote again, and I have seen that second vote turn around uh, the first vote and um, not always not even all the time but i have seen it and i think what it does is it gives the minority opinion uh the understanding that at least they are heard out there and they get their chance to talk and um i think in in any situation that the um people in a minority in any, in that situation uh, one of the big things is they want to know that they are heard they may not win but uh, if they are heard, then they are much more likely to keep participating in the whatever organization is going on. Um, oh, and i I have a note under that uh, that one of the things is that um, good is the enemy of the best. like uh, i've I've heard that phrase a lot, and somehow I attached it to this in my notes that um, one of the being a perfectionist i don't i I'm not always happy with some in between compromise, and that I have to remember that that uh, um, my goal of having the best or the ultimate is really the enemy of getting anything done sometimes so um, let's see moving on to uh tradition three um somewhere here. There we go. So in the third tradition, the only requirement for AA membership is a desire to stop drinking. Again, this is a this is about the individual is the only one that can say whether they are an alcoholic or not. And the only requirement for anyone to be in an AA meeting is that they have a desire to stop drinking. I have been in meetings with people who were obviously drunk, um, and I have been in meetings where people didn't want somebody in the meeting because either they were obviously had been drinking or uh, perhaps they were living on the streets and coming in and not um, uh, not following what we might consider a uh, dress code for some meetings, And um, but the only requirement membership that we talk about is that desire to stop drinking and if someone has a desire we we as a group cannot tell them to leave I had one uh, group however boy this was a rough one um, where the person in involved in this who kept getting drunk uh, the landlord where the meeting was held and paid rent, did not want that particular person on their premises any longer. And so that really stirred up a lot in uh, in the meeting itself because uh, we didn't want to lose our lease. And um, so how do we apply our principles of uh, having uh, that the only requirement from this person, as far as we were concerned, was that he had a desire to stop drinking. Could we keep him out of the meeting? As I recall, yeah, um, what what they did is they made a deal with the landlord. Again, this is involved in um, keeping communications open. I think that's one of the things that traditions definitely uh, would um, Uh, have have in mind to do so in that particular case what uh, they did is they had an agreement that one AA person would be the monitor of the one who was not allowed. He could come into the meeting, come into the building so that he could uh, join the meeting, uh, and then he would be escorted out uh, and off the premises. To be compliance with what the landlord wanted. Um, so that in that case that worked out. But there was a lot of negotiation that had to go on about that. Uh, and uh, while there were some people in there that were just fine with, okay, he's a pain in the ass. We're we're happy to be rid of him. Uh, and then other people would quite rightly bring up uh, who we are as AA and what our responsibility is and it's not to keep someone out of a meeting who um at least states that they want to be in that meeting so it can get a little um a little dicey sometimes what else what do i have oh about aa reflecting the community um and i think in the big book it talks about uh one of the I have here Ed the atheist, and now I don't remember what that reference is, Um, but I do know that this uh, only requirement is one of the strong things that we as secular people can lean on uh, if we're getting any flack at meetings or if we're being asked to change something that we individually are doing, and I recommend uh, a study Uh, of that that particular tradition, Um, because they're they're all meant for us all to get along and not to tell each other what to do. Not always easy. Okay, the fourth tradition. Each group should be autonomous except in what are the exact words here should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or aa as a whole um i like this uh i like the keep it simple part of the uh being autonomous that means we can we can be the type of meeting we want to be. we can be a speaker meeting, we can be a sharing meeting. we can be a eat lunch every afternoon meeting. Uh, we can be uh, uh, fifteen minutes long, we can be an hour and a half long. We can have a break. Uh, we could still be a smoking meeting if that is what the group conscience uh, decides. So uh, we're autonomous in uh, everything that we want to do uh, so long as we have as our primary purpose to stay sober and help another alcoholic. And um, so again that that leads to some slippery slopes, as you might uh, imagine, and again if you've had the chance to read some of the early literature um, I think uh, what does it pass it on and there's another one uh, that bill wrote. Um, about uh, some of the adventures they had when they were first uh, uh, getting new meetings uh, together and trying to decide uh, what they should be. Uh, But in the um, autonomy of, I'm sorry, I've lost my train of thought, um, whether we have uh, a big group or a little group or a a smoking meeting or a non-smoking meeting, Um, or an eating meeting or a not eating meeting. Again, that's all back to uh, that we should be uh, um, adhering to our group conscience. It's what the group wants to do that um, would prevail. And one person being more bombastic uh, or not is not going to help uh, us maintain our unity. Uh, maintain the uh, ultimate uh, goal of any AA meeting, which is to stay sober and help another alcoholic. So um, we each get to be autonomous. So that for me brings it back around to um, AA reflecting the community. and. Um, while I can get up at any given business meeting and perhaps say, I would uh, suggest we not say the Lord's Prayer because we are limiting ourselves. If the group does not want to do that, the group gets to have that privilege. And um, and I get to it because we live in an uh, age of technology um I get to jump on zoom meetings you know if, if that's the way it, the way it is uh, but my responsibility is to continue to be a member of that group and maybe prick their conscience once in a while uh, but not to the point of um my way or the highway because uh that does not help anybody uh, in my opinion all of this is my opinion did I say that at the beginning I hope I did um so i have in uh the uh each group should be autonomous i i wrote that this has to do with rule 62 which is also to keep it simple as possible but i made a note that said well if this is rule 62 that means there were 61 rules before that you know and what were those rules i think those those were the rules that um uh the uh uh, new central office in in the uh, 50s had to deal with that. No, we don't have dress codes. No, we don't have this or that. Uh, in terms of AA as a whole, um, our job is to stay sober and help another alcoholic. And if your group is doing that, you know you can call yourself an AA group. Um, so then, moving on to the uh, next tradition. Which is uh, the fifth tradition, which reads in exact words each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the alcoholic who still suffers. Um, so, one of the things about carrying the message, th- this is the core of how the big book got written, in my opinion. And as I understand it, you know, in 1936 or 37, Uh, If you were a drunk anywhere in this country, you basically got kicked to the curb or you got kicked into an asylum. End of story. You got sobered up and kicked back out. Um, And. um, It was in the uh, Bill Wilson talking to Dr. Bob as a fluke introduction when he was down there in Akron one day. that they discovered some months later, when they were talking a lot, they were talking every day, that they were staying sober. And the only thing that they could come up with was that they were talking to each other. So they knew that that worked, but that was where they sort of um, decided that um, nothing else had worked. It had to have been some kind of higher power. It had to have been God because nothing before well very little before AA had worked for people so um they had I think the fact that they came to that conclusion of that God had blessed them was um again a uh function of them being in, in the United States in the atmosphere of the country uh where they were um but also what they figured out was it was one person identifying with the other one person identifying with the other and that that was what had worked and but how to codify that that was one of the the problems that that they came up with and um that's where they came up with the singleness of purpose was uh they they thought well we'll build hospitals or we'll start uh, our own religion. Um, uh, But at, at the end of the four or five years of trying to analyze and figure out what had really worked, it was the identification of one alcoholic talking to the other and saying, I understand. I've been there. I know what it's like to crave that drink and what it's like to take that swallow and feel it go down and have everything change. I know that feeling. And um, so the one alcoholic talking to the other, and so they came up with um, uh, their primary purpose is uh, to, to identify the problem for the person that they're talking to. who may not not have understood that. Um, Yeah, did I read it? I don't think I did. Each purpose, um, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the alcoholic who still suffers. Back to Bill and Bob, once they identified, uh, and this took some time that it was in them sharing with each other. And with Bill, there were a couple of other people in New York that he had success with from that, from sharing and working together um so they wanted to start hospitals they decided against that they wanted to start their own religion they decided against that and they decided that um that was why that one of the reasons that they knew they had to write a book so that they could give their experiences on exactly what they did to have this miracle happen of being able to stay sober and um and that was that's where the um, the fifth uh, tradition came up with that that's the singleness of purpose. Again, I use this in, in my um, various uh, jobs um, to reframe sometimes like what is the purpose of this group? What is the purpose? It, is it a volunteer group to help kids? Is it? Um, it, it what is our um, our marching orders in this group? Uh, Because sometimes when you're in a group, uh, in a business setting or in a volunteer setting, there are a lot of great ideas out there and everybody's going in different directions. Sometimes the way I use this tradition in in those situations is just to pull it all in. Okay, what does our charter say? What are we here to do? And that can help to refocus. a given group everyone write down what is the purpose of the group and that's a good exercise you'd be surprised how many uh different ideas of what any given group is for uh or what the goals are and then to boil that all down um so that was one of the ones that i i used in uh in most in some of the volunteer work that i've done over the years to help reframe now what are we doing we're off in left field here let's let's pull it back um and again for aa what it was is that le- legacy of us we've all suffered under the the um not what do they call it tyrant alcohol but uh there's another word eh, doesn't matter all right we're moving on to uh tradition six I don't think I fill up so much time. All right. Uh, never endorse, finance, or lend the AA name um, to outside to any related facilities or outside enterprise. Less problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Similar um, idea of uh, that they had wanted. Uh, Uh, They wanted J.D. Rockefeller to give them a bunch of money and that they would then uh, build these hospitals and and start uh, saving the world and uh, in in those ideas was born the. uh, Mostly what I just talked about was. um, That uh, money was not the answer they had found the answer, the answer was in one alcoholic talking to another. Um, So. The uh, primary purpose, as restated in this uh, particular tradition, is that, uh, you know, we're all in the lifeboat together. And um, we have to remember who we are as a little individual group here and how we relate to AA as a whole and how we um, uh, perform our primary purpose. Do we reach out to other people? There is a what is it? There's a uh, a pamphlet, I believe it is. I should have looked that up, that each group can do a group inventory. If you have never done a group inventory in the uh, group that you are uh, most associated with, you might look into that sometime because it really asks some very, very interesting questions like as an AA group are we welcoming do we notice the new person that comes in do we have someone designated to go shake hands if you're big enough for something like that oh we don't shake hands anymore but anyway what we used to do what we uh virtually do when someone's new uh face in a meeting do we have people who say hey haven't seen you before welcome um uh, things like that so there there is a format for the group to go through a type of inventory for the group to answer. And um, where am I at? Six? Yeah. So never endorse finance or lend the AA name because of our primary purpose uh, is uh, the individual, to stay sober and help the next individual. So um, this comes up sometimes, I think, in our secular uh, work where we've been accused of saying this is an outside issue um and uh again i encourage you all to be familiar with the um the aa traditions because they will really help in uh, having things to say when people are saying that's uh, something's an outside issue maybe um a group conscience can decide to say the lord's prayer at the end the outside issue would be that um well i don't believe in god so i'm not going to say it that's my choice the group can still say it you know obviously and uh it's my choice to step outside the group and um not hold hands Uh, i get to have that also um so it, it is not there's nothing in this tradition um to my knowledge, it hasn't come up Um, uh, in case. How am I doing for time? In case, um, just quickly, when um, in, I don't know, 2013 or so, uh, I know that there was one group. uh, It was uh, not in the United States. It was in another uh, country that uh, the local um, intergroup refused to list this particular group in their listing of AA meetings, saying it wasn't an AA meeting because they were secular. They didn't say the Lord's Prayer, whatever they didn't do. And um, that particular issue uh, went uh, all the way to the main court of that country uh, in, a, in a lawsuit kind of thing. Uh, to, and they went to general service office in New York. Uh, and that was kind of the beginning of uh, our secular movement, was that uh, uh, particular um, group finally uh, standing up and saying that um, it was, we were not endorsing, we were not going against the sixth tradition by saying, not we, I wasn't there, um, that the, the um, people who uh, wanted, that were uh, starting this secular meeting were still an AA group, and um, they were not lending their name to some you know, hospital or institution or, or um, re- uh, religion, or some even non-religion. Uh, they were still an AA group. And they had to list, they they lost that lawsuit. The, uh, the central office there lost that lawsuit. And that was kind of the beginning of what we have here today with all these uh, wonderful secular AA meetings. Oh anyway um yeah i guess i don't have much else to say about that um that's why there aren't uh, that hospitals should not have um uh, you know Alcoholics Anonymous on their their buildings um yeah i don't have much to say about that then um the next one is uh self-supporting that aa should be self-supporting and um uh As you probably know, there are uh, rules in our general service office about how much someone can leave in their will, for instance, to AA, uh, and it's limited. And again, going back to the founders, they were afraid that money would ruin the organization because what they knew was what worked was one alcoholic talking to another. And what worked with the group is the group supporting the individuals who would be talking to other individuals, bringing them into sobriety. And that that is what worked. And they uh, wanted to stick to that. Um, So but one of the things that comes up sometimes is what about paying someone to run a room? So if uh, if a custodian uh, takes care, cleans up, takes care of the room. does do they get paid from the AA treasury? Um, there are groups that are big enough that have huge coffee pots and a huge room and they have meetings every day. And so um, they do pay someone to keep it clean to run the group. That is not against the traditions, that is fair compensation for somebody's work. Uh, now, that doesn't mean that the rest of the group lets, <laughs> doesn't help. Uh, they do, but when you have that kind of a situation, you have two or three uh, meetings uh, a day for, from one group. Um, they uh, they certainly have a, have a right for it to be compensated, and um, the group is not breaking any traditions by doing that. Um, I'm trying to think. I guess I don't really have that in. In my everyday life I can't remember it so much, uh, except that, uh, uh, you know, I try to be fair I was with a a friend of mine yesterday who recently bought a house and she was talking about um, that she was fair with her workers and she was all along. And now there's a little problem. And, um, you know, she's saying, I've been fair with you all along I've paid you well, I've paid every time. and. you know but i want this fixed this is not what we agreed on and um it was interesting to me to see her um standing up for herself and uh but not not being you know bitchy uh just in in that spirit of that um uh fair compensation that that it is uh even that even in aa it, it is fair to um pay someone if Uh, They are doing work that otherwise would not get done. Um, Tradition eight is Alcoholics Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Well, that's some of uh, what I just uh, talked about, but also that AA is non professional. Um, I was a nurse and I worked in recovery um, for part of my um, career. And um, our doctor, uh, the head of, of the department, would come around regularly. How are you doing? You go into meetings. You know, working here is not your program. And that was a message that I needed to get because I would go home after dealing with alcoholics in uh early recovery on a detox ward and i did not want to talk to another new person believe me but um but i heard the message that you know working there was not my program and um so i had to find meetings that i could go to that i could be honest with and that i could um uh uh you know, do my bitching about as a uh, who I was and not, uh, but not withdraw from my responsibilities in AA to continue to help another alcoholic stay sober. Um, Although, you know, pretty much I have to admit it felt like that's what I was doing a lot of the time and getting paid for it, but um, he was pretty emphatic about it, this is not your program and I think that um. Where where is it? Yeah, the non-professional. Um, the ninth step is that we ought never be organized. This is a joke around AA rooms. You know, there is like no danger of us being organized. Oh, and uh, many of my meetings are are like that. No danger of being organized. But there are some that are pretty organized, and you know. I saw Mikey here a minute ago, the, uh, the oh my God meetings are pretty organized and um, there are a lot of them, they're pretty organized, but um, uh, what I think what, what it goes back round to is that um, we are uh, we are subject to our group conscience and so um, and we are subject to what they call an upside down pyramid so um this is where they talk about that the the groups run the show so there is no president what what happens is if any given group has an issue uh, i want a pamphlet that uh, talks about getting sober without god Um, they can push that up the the chain of command Um, it may take more than one to push uh, but they have that right and if they uh doesn't work They get to do it again the next year. Um, That the uh, the rules do not come down from the top. Um, They get uh, that the issues don't come down from the top. They get pushed up from any group. So sometimes when we're talking about um, uh, like the God pamphlet, it's not new anymore. It was a blue cover that came out of uh, England initially, and when it came to the united states for us to um adopt it uh there was some resistance as you might imagine um but it went from individual it went down to the individual groups to talk about and each group got to vote on that and send it on back and eventually it got uh accepted and worked um on the 10th tradition no opinion on outside issues oh thank god for that so to speak (laughs) um that we can keep uh outside issues outside we're here to to stay sober to talk about our sobriety or our struggle with sobriety um but uh, we don't we don't get to get on a soapbox and talk about uh, politics or or even uh, religion that uh, you know we're not really supposed to do that and uh, again i uh, suggest you become familiar with with the different aspects of the traditions to um to help you with if you are in the situations like that so um it The tradition in AA is that the outside issues stay outside. And in any given group that I've had uh, experience with, um, that was, I have used that more than once. We're here to work on, you know, uh, a new way to organize XYZ. We are not here to talk about what even the big bosses are doing or whether they're going to open another uh, uh, branch. Uh, we're here to do this let's stay focused on what our job is, and um, I think uh, that having no opinion on outside issues keeps us focused on why we're in any individual AA meeting, which is, you know, for our own sobriety for the. Sobri- <laughs> okay. Um, that maybe that was my. Uh, okay, so the 11th uh, tradition is. Um, uh, Attraction, not promotion. Uh, so, um, this is uh, we try, you know, the story is that, you know, there was a, a famous, I think it was a fighter or a wrestler. He got sober, he told the whole world, or as much of the world as he could in 1938, and uh, then he turned around and got drunk. And so, oh my God, AA doesn't work. Uh, but um so that was one of the reasons that they um had the uh we're here for attraction not promotion um and so there's that they're, they're still pretty good about it um at the level of press radio uh films and tv i guess um but you know like i, I got sober in la we saw stars in meetings all the time um tried Tried not to make a fuss of it, but you know it—it it is what it is, and you do the best you can. Um, let's see. Was there something else about that? Attraction, not promotion. So, um, if anybody asks me personally uh, about, I—I I don't hesitate to say that I'm in AA, um, but I don't—I uh, don't announce it. I might tell someone if I hear they're struggling with something. I. You know, if you ever want to go to a meeting, you know, I go sometimes, you know, something like that. That's how I have used that one. Um, Oh, my God, And 12, I guess that's the same. The spiritual foundation of all our traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. So we've had some pretty strong personalities in in AA. I got sober in L.A., that's where, uh, you know, Clancy, for some of you who've ever heard him, he was a strong personality around there. He had his own little group that, uh, his own big group, um, but you know what, they were doing, uh, they were saving lives just like we were, and, uh, you know, it's not up to me to uh, to criticize that. What I do with my anonymity, as I said, was um, I don't advertise it, but if it comes up, I don't deny it either. Um, And uh, I didn't write one note about how that would apply outside of AA, but I'm sure um, that there are, are, um, uh, you know, times that I wouldn't necessarily say that, you know, I was a, a nurse on the detox floor, not important, you know, except for my ego um sometimes or that I was a supervisor or that blah 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 and so it's just maybe uh when I do uh my uh uh, daily inventory that I would could look at you know where where have I been trying to be a big shot or not Um, anyway I think I talked far more than I meant to and um that's all I got to say on the traditions